The bell has rung, and welcome to another edition of the Icon Showdown podcast. I'm your trusty host, Ian Hennigan, and with me today is a new co-host, Matt Poletti. How are we doing today, Matt? I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you? I'm excellent, and I appreciate you asking. Um, People know I love horror. I'd like to hear what brings you into the horror realm. Uh, you were a self-proclaimed horror junkie, I believe. That's correct. Yeah, it, that's a tough one. God, there are so many answers I have, but right now, I think what comes to mind, it deals with serious themes in a very extreme, predictable way. I think there's so much, there's so many subcategories. There's something for everyone. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, you're talking to a guy who used to manage blockbusters and Hollywood videos, and horror is one of the best in terms of uh, building that metaphor over something that maybe is a little more appealing to the masses and certainly younger audiences. vivid, like look at How Raised, that one. Or even these movies, Interview with the Vampire and Friend, they're very respective pop to You're them. absolutely right. They're both beautiful, too. Um, we should yeah. probably let the audience know this is the seventh episode. We will be showing down Interview with a Vampire, um, as well as Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, both released in 1994. Believe it or not, both were released within a week of one another. Um, so as we go through these, we're going to go ahead and start with Frankenstein, since it was released November 4th. Um, we break it down in terms of the criteria as we do here. Uh, antagonist, the ensemble, the surviving characters, the settings, the deeper meanings, and then of course the fright factor. So when we're talking about Frankenstein, who is our antagonist, Matt? According to Victor Frank. Yes, you could argue I the monster is certainly one of the bad guys, but I think there's a less obvious one. It has to be. I mean, has I to think be Victor, right? because of him, this all this scene. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, his, I mean, you could argue his ego um, is what led us to all this. Well, okay, let's break down each one then in terms of motivations. What does Victor want? What leads him to do uh, ungodly things? If his mother dies in child, he's so greedy. He wants to find a way to cheat that. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Ultimately, he's he's desperate to feel loved in a way that uh, only his mother had given him up to that point. Granted, he was a grown-ass man by the time she had passed. Yeah, but that's the um, weird thing. I think he was... I mean, Kenneth Branagh was 33. When, but I oh, think wow. Victor, the character is meant to be 17 when we first see him. That's an odd... Okay. Yeah, it is. We might have some, uh, you know, classical Greek sort of under underplace there. Um, and also, I think, like... His his motivation comes from uh, uh, the need to sustain a love. When when love, no, no matter what version of love, will end up crumbling at some point. I mean, in most cases, um, he's trying to find an uh, uh, essentially an intangible comfort on top of uh, the meaning the meaning to life, which might apply more to the monster. What do you think is the monster's motivation? I think maybe they're both looking. As you said, Victor was looking for love, and I think maybe the creature's not looking for love, but just acceptance. Yeah, I the... can see that. I, I would say toward the end of it, he grows to want love, romantic love. I think there is a jealousy there in terms of all bonds that he's denied. Because um, you can argue, like, the, the last act really boils down to him pressuring Victor into trying to get him, you know, his bride. Do you think that was Which just... Think... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I think I cut you do you think? Do you think he actually had sexual desires, the monster? Or do you think it was more about uh, bonding? I didn't get any... Maybe I just wasn't watching the movie close enough, but I just assumed that he bought it. Yeah, I would say that's his main motivation. Um, the only spot where I kind of felt like, ooh, maybe he was a little lusty horn dog was when he is about to uh, kill Elizabeth and he's on top of her and he says, oh my gosh, you're prettier than I could have ever imagined. If he is looking just for that companionship, what does it matter how she looks? <laughs> um, 
Okay, let's talk about the aesthetic then. Um, we can kind of gloss over Victor because he looks like a normal dude. He's our Kenneth yeah. Branagh. So let's break down the aesthetic of the monster compared to other stereotypical Frankensteins we've seen, or Frankenstein monsters, rather. Yeah, this one, I know he was meant to be repulsive, but to me it just looked like he bad accident, which is why it wasn't really unnerved. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I thought I found the scars interesting, the way that they suggested the actual like yeah. biological imperative, the way in which he was reconstituted. Um, I guess the scar around his eye has to do with how the brain was put in there. Um, I didn't necessarily understand all of the tracks of scars, um, but I, I agree with you that he wasn't super menacing. It did look more like he was, um, you know, afflicted with the plague or something, or had been through accidents, like like you noted. Um, this one in general, I think, tragic. You're not really meant to be unnerved by the creep. I think the rest of the character. Yeah, no, I, I'm not as unnerved by him, and I'm certainly sympathetic toward him until he starts murdering kids. Oh, yeah, um, I mean, at some point, he's not. <laughs> he's guilty of bad behavior. I think compared to everyone, you can at least see why he acts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I actually kind of like thought of something, because uh, I'd seen this a couple times prior, uh, rewatching it yesterday. I realized for me, he's almost more like a ghost than a monster because he can't live amongst us, yet he's looking through the walls, specifically at that family, even um, at Victor. He's always uh, creeping in the shadows um, and not in a monstrous way and more like a, he, he's referred to as a I phantom on a number of occasions. He watches him. So I think, yeah, that's a valid instrument. I never, it never occurred to me only because interact with him, but I think that's an interesting. Yeah, because I mean, ultimately ghosts are living beyond um, the natural world in the same way he yeah. Is so you know you usually have these zombie stereotypical connections with Frankenstein, but I don't yeah. know. As I was watching, I felt you know what this is maybe more of like a ghost story. Um, what about uh, De Niro's vocalization? What did, what did you think about what was going on there? Was it anything interesting to you? It just sounded like De Niro with a muffled voice, kind of. But... Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't love it to be honest with you. I'm not exactly sure if De Niro was the right choice. I love De Niro under normal circumstances. Um, <laughs> The problem with De Niro is that yeah. no matter how much makeup, aesthetics, something about him. Is yeah, no, you're right. And I was happy that we got to voice see him. Is so which is yes. what happens when you have an actor with so many. That's true. I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I think uh, we'll get more into acting ability later, but De Niro's Frankenstein was actually better than... I'm sorry, De Niro's monster is better than Victor and Dr. Frank. I felt like he was handed <laughs> up a couple times. Um, but I That's did find... It's, say it again? That's Kenneth Branagh, you know what I mean? You don't get yeah, subtle. Yeah, that's a good point. That is true. Um, and I do feel like the monster, um, granted it is later when he has learned, um, is perhaps too eloquent at times, specifically when he talks to Victor for the first time in the ice cave. I felt like, wow, this this dude more of a philosopher than a monster at this point. Is that, I, I want to say that's novel as well, because I think there are sort of passages. I haven't read the book in my ignorance right now. It's but I pretty do faithful to the book. Has these lengthy soliloquy pontificate all the time, so I don't think that we can really blame the people for that. Fair I think enough. that's just Branagh. What do you think about the originality of uh, Frankenstein monsters, or even Doctor Frankenstein? We can talk about at this point the originality of the antagonist. That one's kind of hard because I mean, your work—he's working with previous establishment. Um, so I don't think I know. Watching this, I noticed a tape, which I think is be faithful. Yeah, I think it was faithful in spirit, but as we noted, yeah. perhaps a double-edged sword here, we weren't necessarily scared by Frankenstein, but his like humanity that was shining through there was fairly original, original because I didn't necessarily, when I have read the book or seen other incarnations of this, he's more monstrous. So in that sense, I feel like he did come off more as like a, a disfigured or a plagued street urchin 
that was kind of original. Original. I do think the rebirth of Elizabeth was more original in the way that she looked. I really found her more horrifying than uh, De Niro's character, The Bride of Frankenstein. She comes I think back. That's that... disturbing. It's bad enough that she was killed by the monster, but now she's brought back as this revenant. That's probably the creepiest part of the whole. I completely agree. Um, her inability to accept her new state yeah. was the most original monstrosities, and I can't I actually that remember that has been an homage. Oh no, oh no, go ahead. An homage to what? I think that was an homage to the Bride of Frank, because I think hmm. she just gets killed. Oh, okay, all right. So they kind of gave us the sequel yeah. within the initial yeah. incarnation. Yeah, it was far. Um, I think there are other homages in sign movies, but I can't which So one. out of four pentagrams, how many are you giving it? Antagonists. I mean, co- combination and amalgamation of Victor, uh, the monster, and even you can throw in the Bride of Frankenstein there at the end. As a whole, out of four pentagrams, how many are you giving it? I'll give it two and a half. I think it works in theory, I like the ideas behind the execution. Yeah, um, I'm close. I'm at a three. I was a little more generous with it, only because I do think that Victor is actually more of the bad guy, and that's interesting, kind of the monsters, the red herring. And then I think I gave that extra bonus point five over you because of Helena Bonham's bride there. It was so from the way she just like thrashes through the house in flames, tosses herself over the stairs. I was deciding between that, but I think, yeah, white. That's fair. I mean, 2.5, go with your gut. Go with your gut. But let's scoot on over here and look at the antagonists in Interview. Unless, you, did you have a final point about Frankenstein? I don't monsters? know. Um, okay, so who would you say is the main antagonist within Interview with the Vampire? This which is was released that two. following week. Yes, you're right. Um, this is another case quite the point, because to identify Lestat and protagonist, but the book... Well, wouldn't you argue he's the main antagonist, Lestat? At least in this uh, chronicle? Yeah. Yeah, um... I mean, granted, we have vampires across the board here, and they're all murdering people. I think there are other there are other ones. Oh yes, yeah. As you Uh, see, one in in particular. Once he gets Paris, Um, what are what are Lestat's motivations? I think he genuinely. This is why I don't think he's mystic as Reeve, because I think he does. I think he wants genuinely relieve Louis of his suffering. Okay, Uh, I hadn't really considered that. I feel like Lestat might be a little too selfish um, to really be able to empathize. So, but I think yeah. I think uh, maybe I don't know. I think he grows to love Louis. I don't know if he necessarily. Do you think he, how long do you think uh, he was stalking him? Where he decided, okay, Louis, you're going to be my life companion, my eternal companion. Beginning of the movie, it's hard to say. I think he noticed me for a while, and then I think he was a pimp who tries killing him. That's when it's the final. Oh, I see. So he saves him at the last minute. He's in yeah. jeopardy. Um, do you think there, there's a, we'll talk about that more in deeper meanings, but did he pick Louis because it's Brad Pitt and he's gorgeous and he wants to be around an attractive dude forever? I think it helps. Yeah, I think there was definitely a romantic. Yeah, that, there's definitely that undertone that, going on. I think she, Anne Rice even admitted they were meant oh, really? close to a. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I saw Lestat as just being like ultimately lonely. This is the, the curse yeah. of a vampire, right? You're, you're never going to. Be able to connect even even in this world, even among other life. vampires as well. I mean, they just exactly can't. you see your mom yeah. just too much. Ink. True. I mean, it's hard enough to spend a lifetime with somebody uh, in this life, let alone um, eternity. So I think there is something to that. Uh, the existential despair. I think that I think actually that's another. Runs... Theme. Well, I guess we're jumping to. I think that's the deeper meaning. Oh yeah, absolutely. Desire to find meaning in a seemingly endless existence. Or just companionship, relieving loneliness. True. Um, cause yeah, you do wonder again, uh, was Frankenstein, was there some lust going on there? I mean, can vampires in this verse be sexual? These are things that I always think about. <laughs> <laughs> in the books, cause I, 
I don't know. I don't think. Have you read any of the? Oh, a long time ago. I read the Vampire Lestat after I initially saw this as, you know, my teenage years. So I was interested. I loved it enough to definitely um, investigate the Vampire Lestat where he's a rock star. And I enjoyed it. I didn't necessarily think it was as good. Um, but yeah, that's, I think, the only one that I've read. The, the book's more or less questions. Oh, that's why I'm looking I at it. What I know. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what about the aesthetic of our uh, vampires? So I guess we could specifically talk about Lestat, but kind of run the, run the board on this one. We got sexy 19th century vamps here. Um, I think I think that it works, the aesthetic. They seduce the viewers into thinking their sadness and desperacy might even be worth it. You see that happen with Christian Slater's character, the interviewer. Um, what do you think about the way they look? tried has tried to become a vampire, but it just hasn't. Because he says at one point, oh, I failed a guy, which means right. that. I like to think this happened in the same way. <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting. Um in terms of the vocalization, and when we talk more about the aesthetic, for me, the scariest aesthetic was when Lestat is um, freed from the swamp, where he gets his, he kills the alligators enough to sustain himself to come back for a little bit of vengeance. I felt like that was sufficiently scary. Um, he he did well yeah, in like that scene. Yeah, like appearance. That was not what. Otherwise, I think makeup of the vampires is not not menacing at all. Again, kind of have. I mean, I do, I do like the. You see the veins going That's underneath like the dudes. white. There's just enough to suggest that there's something otherworldly about them. But they're not overly yeah. pale the way other. Yeah, so. no, I kind of I like that because they can walk amongst us more easily, yeah. and that is actually scarier in a way. What about originality? Yeah, because you do I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, because like like you said, you don't monster or not, True. but um, originality. Uh, yeah, was Anne Rice doing anything new here? Um, at the time these were initially released, um, in terms of the sympathetic she definitely vampire, added her own. If we added a new take, I think most vampires were monsters. Or you didn't right. really see most of them. Like, even though they were attractively in Dracula, for instance. Right. They don't, don't really, you... they're not afflicted by this essential. True, exactly. They're more, yeah. they're more animalistic, I would say. Well, the yeah. humanness that we see in these vampires. Um, yeah, very... I think she did a great job of creating a backstory for them and humanizing them in a way we hadn't necessarily seen overtly done before. Maybe, I think, Near Dark came out before it. You get a little bit of that in Near Dark. Um, yeah, but even then, they're very, those characters. They're mean. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing, they look human, but there's... Yeah, about. they're ruthless. There's, yeah. yeah. I think as a result, I think there's now that Bryce helped inspire them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Buffy fan, and I feel like yeah. Buffy only exists because of what Anne Rice did. Um, I think it was maybe the better, I'm not quite, in, I still watch it. I'm not quite out, but I think that was one of the better post-vampire stories. I think a lot of them tend to miss weightier things of sexy brooding which oh yeah yeah i'm sorry i think you cut out there a little bit though i was gonna say that um you know a lot of these romantic would ignore the deeper aspects of Bryce's work and just kind of go with which is not interesting you kind of need you definitely subtext no i'm with you uh, i think I she does well with that. yeah yeah completely you, you pull people in with the sexy vampires but then you yeah, give then, them something yeah. deeper <laughs> Uh, okay, let's uh, let's rank this this one then. The antagonist as a whole, uh, maybe focusing on Lestat. Uh, I gave it a four. I mean, it's hard to beat this because, as we talked about, I think it's the first of its kind. I gave it a three <laughs> because Fair like enough. Very, I found it missing, even though even though Lestat's a memorable as other. Yeah, no, that's part. fair. Yeah, whether or not are menacing. Beyond the swamp yeah. scene, and at the end when uh, Louis sees him in New Orleans or smells him and finds his way back to him, it's pretty freaky then too. It's weird too. He's almost like there's no you don't see any he's out of canoe. None of that. The verve is gone. Force or charisma. Yes. He's just which I do find interesting. He is able to uh, re up himself uh, to go after Christian at the end. Though. Like he got a little bit of mojo back. Was following Louis and helped him. 
How does Louis not smell him following him? Weird about that. Do you think once he failed with Christian, he didn't save uh, Christian in this? Oh, I'm sorry. When he found out that uh, Christian had the same desire to become a vampire and that he wasn't necessarily succeeding in getting his story across or it wasn't going to be executed in the way he wanted, perhaps he would have saved him from Lestat because he has to know Lestat is right on his heels, right? He can smell Lestat from blocks away. Okay, so in the book, I don't know. what I think of vampire, oh. whose abilities are somewhere in the beginning where he tries to read that woman's mind, he fails. That he's not quite as strong as. So I'm assuming oh, that all right. able to once again his strength hide himself. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, his, well, his powers wrong. you could Maybe argue is his humanizing, is his ability to retain some humanness. You could argue it was a power, but it's certainly not like a strength in the same way Lestat is strong. Sorry? I was going to say, like, I I hear what you're saying, and I I believe that it's probably emphasized in the books that Louis is not as physically strong, but you could argue that Louis' strength comes in his um, empathetic capacities, right? Yeah, he's among the more capacities. I think he's the more, probably the most, uh, you know, would go through so much. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Let's bust back over to Frankenstein, talk about the ensemble, um, specifically character development as a whole. Uh, from my perspective, the characters are all pretty well-rounded. Even the smaller roles, like Ian Holmes as the father, has a deeper development than normally seen in horror. Um, the monster's growth is true to the novel, too, and gives us a sense of coming of age. And then the rebellion. hes almost becomes like a teenager uh, fighting against Dad there at the end. What did you think about the ensemble as the whole? Yeah, this one I think I wrote down as a three, mostly, I guess, due to the acting. I thought they embodied the role. I think Victor much development though you were not satisfied with victor's development yeah i don't think there was much because kind of goes through these bouts of egotism true self-loathing and i don't think that really changed at all hmm um you know what my point actually about the other characters the secondary characters getting a little bit more juice might have come at the sacrifice of victor um like you're pointing out here i think you might be onto something so I think I did appreciate how Elizabeth slightly better role. She was more outspoken, whereas at the book, I said I haven't read it, so I could be, but I think I know role and she didn't have anything to do. So at mm. least... Oh yeah, she's one of the best characters, if not my favorite character in the in the film. Um, I, I Even though I agree with you in terms of Victor's um, progression as a character alone might be lacking, I did buy the bond between him and Elizabeth. I felt like there was um, the ups and downs that were sufficient to kind of give her the spotlight a lot of the time. I did like their bond, and I really also liked his budship with uh, uh, Henry Clerval. probably my favorite character in the whole movie. I just love the Tom Holmes, this eccentric jokes. Oh, yeah, he's kind of comic relief if there is any within the whole thing. Um, what do you think about Professor Waldman? I was shocked to learn who that was. I'm not sure oh, how please. I didn't see it. Yeah, I see. I, I still didn't see it. See. I still no, can't. Like, maybe in the eyes, but... Yeah, they did wonderful things know. with that makeup there, because I hadn't a clue. I think it was a small part. I'm trying to think back of note where it's not. What did you make? Because I didn't sense much. I don't recall much. Um, I felt like he was an interesting mentor that really got uh, Victor into not just kowtowing to... Um, yeah. The mainstream professors. I felt like I would have liked to see more of him, but the scene where um, all three of them are sitting at that table and arguing. Victor, yeah, Victor wants to read his notes, but he's just like, no. I feel like you could see sufficient fear and regret yeah. in, in that. That's character. what I like too, and I wish there was they had emphasized that point more because it seems like scene everyone to let Victor use it. <laughs> 
That's a good point. Well, do you think Henry could ever tell Victor what to you know, do? That's, Can anyone in all tell? fairness, you're probably right. I think they probably sensed he wasn't. The first mad scientist in literature, right? He's off the rails. Um, I even gave a shit about the family and the blind grandfather that uh, the monster stars, you know, helps. He's the good yes. spirit of the wood. I actually cared about, like, almost all of them. They're given a little bit of juice. Am I wrong? Yeah. Did you not care about that family? Because I sort of did. <laughs> it's another thing, too. In, I think this movie's better in theory than as a result because I felt like I should have cared about them. But oh, fair. Actually, I don't know if it was direction or what, but I felt like that had the, that was probably the lesser scenes for me. I think it kind okay. of... Yeah, believe it or not, I have... Theory. I have um, taught Frankenstein years ago, and this is where I lose the students when they're reading yeah. it. They just don't. They're like, I want to see him ripping people apart, not <laughs> no, talking it wasn't to family. Because of, that, because of that. They were certainly some of the few characters. Yeah, what can I say? I think it's just let down by Brian Hobbs' director. Okay, I could see that. They're a little stock, granted. Yeah. Um, I like the grandfather. He had a great scene, obviously, where he touches his face. And I felt like the daughter maybe was more fleshed out than um, the rest. Of but I hear you. I do. Uh, acting ability we started to touch on. I think Brenna was a little over the top at times. Everyone else as a whole? Brenna, I mean, but I think I like a lot of the cast is quite good. Mm. Well, no, I mean, like I said, I think the Paulson is. And John Cleese, too, I mean. Cleese was great. I felt like Ian Holmes' father was also really good. What do you make of the actor playing Captain? Oh, Aiden Quinn. Um, He's always been a little hammy for me, if I'm honest with you, and I don't necessarily buy him as a captain when he's got all these old sea dogs around him. You have this baby-faced dude who's... uh, uh, modern. Something about him, because everyone else fits well with me, but... I think that's a good point. I think he's probably the biggest miscast. Yeah, he's okay. He doesn't take anything experience. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Um, I would have rather had a little more grizzly dude. Um, but I mean, you could say that he contrasts uh, the monster there at the end, where where Frankenstein well, is dying. I'm glad they it is faithful to you have an interview with the vampire where Christian Slater ignores Louis' advice. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. There is a change, right? We get a change. I actually today. realize. Uh... <laughs> We're going yeah, home, bitches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Okay. So, what do you? What do you? Oh, actually, there's a couple other things I want to talk about. Diversity. Um, granted, we do have two period pieces here, so the diversity is going to be a little lacking. At uh, this times. was bad. I'm Frankenstein. I don't think any people of color in it. Maybe one or two. Right. Um, that's true. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that in terms of female representation, I think they do a good job of an empowered woman, even though she is kind of living her life for him, designing her own uh, existence. If anything, Justine, Justine, the, um, essentially was it his tutor's daughter, Justine, who lived with them? I felt like she had a really subtle performance too, um, because you could tell she really loved Victor, but Victor loves Elizabeth. And I don't know. I, I actually really... Felt sad bad for her when she's framed. It's probably, I think it's between her because she's yeah, enough no, to so Totally heartbreak she goes. Um, and then, of course, he okay then off. has to, at the end, chop off her head. And <laughs> yeah, it goes yeah. even further. Um, okay, so what did you give that ensemble in terms of pentagrams? Frankenstein, I picked three. Oh, that's right, you did. You mentioned that at the top. I gave it a 3.5. Only because I felt like there's only, like, yeah, only Branna at times, like, specifically, I remember one line delivery um, where he's talking to Henry and he, like, had just left after kind of being shamed by the mainstream professor. And he's like, I'm not mad. I just didn't like the way that was. It really kind of threw me out of the movie. Um, I think let's go ahead. You had, that was your least favorite line. Yeah. 
I think mine was shall shall have my revenge, Frankenstein. So, oh yeah, engineer was oh, delivered. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that that matches the cringe nature that I, I felt with. I'm not mad. Um, okay, ensemble for interview character development. What are you thinking? I think I think Claudia has the strongest character. Oh my gosh, you, I agree. Her, you know, she starts out as this vampire, just eager to. Be their little daughter and speed on people. And then she slowly realizes that there could be more to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that she's been robbed of so much yes. and that she will never have the same sort of experience. She, she can't even... I mean, the irony is that uh, you have two males that are able yes. to birth and she is the female character who can't. I'm it's with you 100%. Not. Claudia is a movie. And all. <laughs> um, Louis, on the other hand, static. I mean, you see him try to find a purpose, but... And most of them depressed. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, no, he is. You know, in all fairness, I guess sack. it's plausible. Like it's plausible. But here's my question: Did Armand know that, or put him up to it, or be was he part of Claudia's and Claudia's new friend or mother figure? They're getting murdered by the son. Did he know? Because uh, Louis was all like, "You knew what." Thinking okay, so I'm 99% positive that in the books he admits they were going to kill Claudia okay. and Madeline, but he was unable you know, to be part of it himself. Um, but he was, yeah, I think maybe it threatened him. He couldn't, from... why does Madeline have to die? Because I can understand, okay, Claudia killed another vampire, Madeline did do shit though, right? Why did she have to go? I was really curious what, what think sort it's of vampire more she would end up being. I mean, Claudia dying is a negative. We know that. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't think Louis cares about more. Madeline. Oh, they're basically saying, oh, you're a fall. Could be wrong. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, just, I would have loved to see a little bit more of Madeline and the dynamic between those. We're really I, robbed yeah. that. Which I think is affecting that's, as soon as I, she gets her own child, essentially, through Madeline. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Acting ability across the board. I mean, you I, want to I think... One thing. The book, awesome. There, there, are slight, there are a few more scenes. The movie truncates oh. it. I think it's one of the few problems. Huh. You're going to make me want to reread the book or read it for the first time, rather. Um, I know. Maybe I'm looking at it. Maybe I should just take the movie. It's kind of hard. So. Yeah, no, it's good to have that extra insight because it seems like the problems that I had with it might have been fleshed out. And, um, acting ability. Uh, you love Claudia as a character the most. Is that because Kirsten Dunst is the best actor in it? Yeah, I mean, she. you have to figure she's only, she was only 12 oh my God. during the movie's production. And she has to play a little girl and a woman mm -hmm. trapped in a little girl's body. Mm -hmm. Right. There's so many, but you picked the wrong app movie. That is a great point. I can't think of anybody else in that age range at that time. Like, uh, I don't know, who was a big shot at that time? Maybe the girl who plays Black in Jurassic Park. Or... Yeah, yeah, I could see, uh, I could see I Christina that, Ricci yeah. pulling it I think Evan, Evan Rachel Wood edition. And... Okay. And she just didn't get it? I mean, was she, she, was, yeah. she was around that same age? Interesting. That would have that would have been a different movie for sure. Uh, who's the worst? Who's the worst actor? I don't think anyone's, you know, I'm going to say Brad Pitt. Yeah, no, I mean, especially bad. early in his career. I mean, Brad Pitt's gotten much better over the years, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, I think I still he's feel... okay. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, okay. Overall, he's okay. Fine. But with the scenes where he shows emotion, tells the slaves, he tries to... Mm -hmm. He breaks character, like he's not playing... Oh, okay. I, yeah, I could do that. Did you notice that he has an accent for most of his drops? <laughs> I did not notice that, his but I believe it. I've yeah. tried to think to myself what would happen if Tom... Oh, wow. Yeah, I think Cruz could have done a pretty good job. And I love his portrayal of stuff. Yeah, no, I think he nailed Lestat. Or, I mean, you I know, my beef with okay. Tom Cruise. 
But he did great in that part, especially when he's at his lowest. Those, those scenes were amazing. Only thing I'm going to defend Pitt about is given his character is meant to be naive, naive and kind of discovering, it sort of worked that maybe he wasn't fully, fully gelled, is yeah. what you're pointing out. Um, we do got some diversity in this movie. Yeah, but I mean, they play, it's so, the roles are... Right. Not empowering in any way. That's why, the only reason I put it at three, if there were stronger... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, kinda... Yeah. I think the main, really the, main the principles, it's like a four, but you're right. But then you got to admit, like, Tandy Newton's, um, her scene with Brad Pitt, where he kind of, like, first gives in to eating people, um, <laughs> she does really well with that. I remember w- watching it, you know, decades ago. I mean, um, she works, I mean, she does well with what she's given for her. And plus, you have to consider that even roles for women. I mean, Claudia is the provident. True. And she's frankly, like, oh, my oh. favorite death, is the scene where I believe she's a person of color, where uh, Lestat like, bites into her breast and then puts That's her in the, the coffin. Most <laughs> yeah, I'm totally with you because Louis is just like there, not knowing. I have reasons why that was. I think. Oh, you scary scene. Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the fright factor. So I gave it a three point five. You gave it a three. Not bad though. Both these movies are like standing up, especially compared to uh, some of these previous years where there is. I heard your episode with Puppet Master. And... Oh my gosh, Puppet Master! Sadly, was one of the most pronounced films of that year, though. I mean, if you if you were to look okay. at the docket, a lot of sequels and stuff. But yeah. in terms of what people, I would think even remember, this year, nineteen ninety four saw. Like, yes. I think really the Crow might have been new prominent. Oh, the Crow. Um, so... Yeah, that could have probably found its way in here but I, I personally think we have these two period pieces that go yeah, against each other this year i think it's it good totally works. i think i'm glad you picked they yeah the way you've noticed a lot of commonalities so this was a very good uh good showdown um so let's <laughs> let's works. go back down to the uh uh frankenstein the surviving characters um this is the rare instance where really none of the principals survive we have no final figure um the only one that we can argue is the survivor is aiden quinn's captain Maybe Walton. henry survives that's the weird oh, thing henry does so, survive does because really learn i think people thought he was killed and that he did survive. oh that is possible because he's weeping yeah. on the stairs right um yeah I w- let's let's assume he made it out let's hope so um That's but i do me. think i just want to make one point and oh, it's yeah, a very minor thing that was the longest that was as neat long that house i could not I, it was it. dangerous i think it was actually symbolic for life itself the way that there's no rails yeah. and it just goes off the end that's essentially what uh, elizabeth throws herself off right yeah yeah, so I, I found the stairs okay. scary. It's like I don't know. It didn't the... really list. It didn't lead to the up, upstairs hall. Uh, I mean, it probably did, but it just looked like the way it was real. It was oh, just okay, more like a glamorous staircase to nowhere. Uh, there's <laughs> something to that, though. I mean, there is no escape from death, no matter what, right? I mean, with the exception of Captain Walton, everyone is dead at the end, and theoretically, That's... Henry is too. Uh, prior to that, you could argue uh, Victor and his monster are the survivors. One via brute strength, and the other by being too valuable to be killed by the abomination. Um, what do you granted, think of Victor's death? It was a little... He just says, I'm tired. And he, like, gives up. Yeah. I don't think that happens in the book. But to me, it was kind of... Oh, that's Unsatisfying. <laughs> I'm with you. Well, maybe it's such a pathetic death um, that that's why it's kind of poignant, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's this large enough character. It's a cop. Yeah. Within everyone. 
I mean, ultimately, he got his story across to Captain Walton, and that was like the last. He had nothing else to live for, which makes yeah, me think maybe Henry the, is dead. I think yeah, in the that book, actually he does die. So I, I think can't that's remember another how, um, But I think you're speaking to the point: determination to survive. I yeah. don't feel like Victor, at a certain point, really is determined to survive. Um, granted, neither is the monster at the end. He ultimately kills himself. So yes, I'm, I'm done with why Victor just made things worse and worse. And for someone like him, arrogance and narcissism. Yes, Megalomania even. Yeah, probably. Um, and okay, just do you think he loved his mom more than Elizabeth? As we talked about, I kind of felt like I think maybe Elizabeth was kind of mom. a stand-in for his mother. Yeah. yeah. They did have actually similar aesthetics, too, the way they wore their hair and everything. Yeah, brunettes, I think. They both had a similar complexion, I believe. Mm-hmm. So. Iconic status, though, in terms of surviving characters. If you are going to look at, at Frankenstein, he is a surviving. Granted, he commits suicide at the end. Yeah. Um, you gotta give. You got to give points. I mean, Frankenstein is going to be around forever, right? See, I, I'm starting to think I misrated this. Because I was just going iconic. I meant I was going by this or not. Fair. Yeah, no, mine's actually relatively low because everybody does die. I I, I gave this a 2.5 simply because you mentioned iconic, and I don't be quite... No, in terms of a movie, you're right. I've actually heard people talk about this movie and not be able to remember what the hell happened or why it was... um, It's a mixed reputation. Yeah, there's... Yeah, I think think people are maybe a little troubled by the portrayal of Frankenstein not being iconic enough. Um, So yeah, I gave it a 2. I gave so it 2.5. So. so I got even less. So I hear where you're yeah. coming from on that. I really do. Um, let's bop over to interview surviving characters. Yes. Essentially, we have both our we final figures. Lestat. I mean, everyone. Oh, yeah, Lestat. I mean, Claudia is probably the only character. We know Armand alive in the book. So. True, true. Um, how, how is What's the means of escape? How is Louis able to escape Lestat? As, why doesn't I Lestat think... continue to torture Louis, force him to be together? This is another point where I, I probably have broken but in the book, Lestat does come back, begs Armand to spare Claudia. And I think they oh, actually, wow. I read that they shot these of them, so. No kidding. No, I love hearing that stuff. That's good. question, but they edited it. Mm. I mean, you, I'm sure you've heard about the actual production drama that went behind the scenes here. Interview the Vampire, apparently Brad Pitt and uh, Tom Cruise did not get along at all. I think Brad Pitt just hated working on it. He said it was one of the worst experiences of his life. Shooting at night and then happening. Which is a shame because I love this movie, you know, as a whole. So it's oh, yeah, I just feel like you're working on such a unique... Iconic lore. You gotta give it to Rice. And, and here's the thing. You got to travel to Paris. And blah. I think they shot this in <laughs> England as well. So it's like... Spoiled movie stars. What do you expect, right? It's the worst of it, but, you know. Uh, privilege to the extreme. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um... But in terms of determination to survive, I think we talked about that one a little bit already. Uh, I don't think anyone necessarily wants to. They're forced. And they just make the best of it. I'm sorry, I probably went out. But I think they just, it's more making the Louis constant. Yeah. You know, the traveling. And then you see that montage of Barris. Oh, yeah, that was great. I do thing enjoy. That's true. Yeah, they did show a little bit of hope there. I feel like Louis is Oh, no, I'm sorry. I think I cut him out. Um, is just trying, he kind of escapes Lestat by being too brooding. I mean, based on the character in the movie, yeah. I don't think Lestat is going to bother with him just because he is kind of a drag, and he is always going to be kind to find his own meaning, where Lestat is more of just the ultimate parasite. Just, you know, he takes what he wants, and he has no boundary, I think, which can be tough to live with. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's like having a depressed spouse, or not yeah. spouse, but yeah, spouse. Right? Um, Iconic status of Louis and Lestat, are they going to be remembered for eons? Yeah, I think so. I mean... I think so, too. You see these characters kind of in reference, and I think kind of recreate it in other novels, so... 
I think it's, well, I mean, it's kind of a game. The movie's going to be talked about long after. Uh, Hell yeah. And these Most characters, like, you could recognize, pro- anyone would probably recognize. If you showed them. Exactly. What- yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. What'd you give it? What'd you give it out of four? This is the surviving characters. Mm-hmm. I gave this, I gave, you know, I gave it a three. I think I'm going to read it. Oh, wow. I give it a 3.5, so I'm right in the same ballpark as you. Um, Yeah, they're great, man. Louis and Lestat. I mean, like I said, it drove me to read the Vampire Lestat afterwards. They're iconic, for sure. Um, And fresh, you know. They're more original than... Um, Let's bop back over to Frankenstein and talk about the setting as a whole. uh, Sweden, Germany, the Alps, the Arctic. Multiple vastness and empty spaces shown. Um, Everything seems so larger than life. Almost like a other... Not other world, a fairy. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I think um, it's almost... The setting makes it uh, emphasize that uh, Victor is trying to control the uncontrollable, right? That he's really just this cog in the machine and he thinks he's a machine. Yeah, everyone is just significant compared, but at the end, everyone's really just, I don't know what I'm trying to say. The forces of nature, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Or even mankind's ability to vast structures to house life, right, to keep people alive versus uh, what he's trying to do, you know, fight death in a different way, yeah. Um, and of course, you had late 17th century, amazing set pieces and outdoor scenes, um, with the exception of his living space, which I found kind of interesting, which is really the only kind of claustrophobic area um, when he is um, away from Elizabeth. I think um, that works. Is that the laboratory or? Well, the laboratory itself, I felt like was pretty big and still kind of yeah. spoke to what a lot of the other sets did, but where he actually lived himself, because remember when Elizabeth shows up, she's like, how right, are you living? I, remember, I think that's probably, that's all we have. Right, and disregarding self in a lot of ways, even though it's kind of uh, super conceited. Yeah, exactly. He's disregarded self before these, um, and others too. For Do you want to say that that whole, t- I think it's English. Yes. That was probably the most well real. It just looked so oh, just a dirty great. place to live. Even the colors too were more. Everything true. had this gray, blue, a lot of grays and browns. Yeah, that's true. Um, had a dead feel to it. Yeah, um, like a cemetery. Uh, and that speaks to the utilization of space. I think it does well yeah. with a, a number of locations. Um, the most peaceful, peaceful location being the farm. Though. Yeah. Um, what about the uniqueness in terms of like America's cinema? Did you feel like the setting was unique? I think Geneva, that house was quite interesting. It didn't look like different. In- like I think I saw some Middle East. Oh wow! Yeah, like, I felt like it was pretty unique as a whole too. I mean, just in terms yeah. of East and Eastern European location that stretches yeah. as wide is fairly unique uh, for movies that were coming out. That's when I um, rated it a three, like you said, it didn't. I mean, even though it was set in Europe, there were some that quite looked like your typical. What you you see in a movie set in that time period? Yeah, I, I see that. Um, and I also felt like it was much like an, an adult fairy tale. That yeah, was, uh, I think sad. yeah. It's funny you thought that that because I read that book for an Oh really? No, I didn't read that. Fairy tale. Um, and I think it does well emphasizing that life is a story and that all stories come to an end. <laughs> right? No sequel to Frankenstein. It doesn't happen. I guess there's Bride of, but that's can't be for. I give it a three point five. What'd you give it? I gave this a three. Fair enough. In the same ballpark again. Uh, moving over to the settings of interview. The mood it sets, New Orleans and Paris, the hot and changing time, the fresh and progressive cities, very glamorous as well. What do you think, think about the... Uh, good for, which is perfect, you know, the overpopulated, these overpopulated areas. Right, for people that's appeared. Or ill. Yeah, and also I found it... it, You could also blend in. True. Yes, the anonymity that they provide. You can pay attention to 
And in terms of the aesthetic and ambient quality, I found that a lot of the time there's these beautiful exteriors with little substance inside, a lot of emptiness going on within, which I think kind of mirrors what, what goes on with a vampire. Specifically, these vampires, you have these beautiful exteriors. There's nothing inside, right? Lack of a soul or whatever is missing. And I felt like the set kind of did well to mirror that. It's certainly very beautiful, but I don't know if... I wouldn't say all of the souls. That's probably his... Uh... That's probably why he's self-pity because he knows that. Yeah. Um, and it is cool that we travel the world with these characters yeah. in a way you don't normally. There's, and their, their depth is quality enough to not let it distracting, right? You, I mean, you could almost argue that Frankenstein has so many different places that it is a little distracting, but I didn't get that same feel from Interview. Uh, uniqueness? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Unique. How about uniqueness? Because I think, no, there were some sets that were unique. I recall really noticing the Parisian vampires player. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you talking uh, about the theater? The catacombs, I think. Oh, yes, the, absolutely. The underground catacombs is amazing. Um, it like a I, Yes, I felt like <laughs> that was super unique. Very cool. Yeah, um, that was dope. But I also loved the theater, too. I mean, granted, it had to do with just the creepiness of that uh, theater scene, a live murder. But no one I, I, really. I really loved that scene, just the way they kept going back and forth to the audience, how enthralled the audience was and creating... They're really uh, just kind of... Per- Cheering the vampire, not exactly. knowing that. Which a that couple is days ago, uh, this is not super original. Granted, you probably wrote this book prior, but Popcorn does the same thing from uh, 1991. The killer is in front of an entire audience, not realizing that there's... Who does that as well? I don't know if you saw Which one? Which one was it? Hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, you dropped out there. You said another film had done that same sort of... I hear some clicking. I don't hear your voice. Yeah, sorry, I think we... Um, disconnect. But I was saying that, yeah, I give popcorn too, I think, has a, it begins, she gets killed there. It's always, it's always infected. Holy cow, I didn't realize there was a popcorn too. I totally missed that. Oh, I meant Scream 2. Oh, Scream 2. Yes, Scream 2 definitely uh, does that as well. She's killed like in the seats and then she goes up to the stage. Yeah, and then she gets stabbed. In pop- yeah, that's probably the most, probably similar in sure. all those movies. So I gave so. the setting for interview a four. I don't know about you. I did too. Yeah, because cool, everything is it. so beautifully realized. Too true. Um, let's just... hop back over to Frankie and talk about uh, the deeper meanings therein. What'd you get? I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, I think to me it was plot. It deals a little bit in trying to play God, the potential dangers of, mm-hmm. you know, tampering too far with science. The problem is he lingers long enough on it. I think he's more concerned with getting to select a better word. It's why you occasionally observation of intellect. Kind of push the side and fix that. That's that's fair. Um, I do see what you're saying there. And granted, I saw that same sort of uh, metaphors and allegories, like vagina envy. I feel like yeah. his inability <laughs> to be a, a mother or motherly in the same way as the female characters, and of course the unacceptance of God or religion rallies so much against. And seeing oneself as more powerful than the forces of nature or the celestial, even um, <laughs> are all are timeless. The timeless deeper meanings. I don't necessarily know if we were getting anything um, super unique via these meanings, but I still love them. There, there's I stuff that... read that this movie, the Colorist that to be kind of an allegory to the HIV epidemic. Oh. That's the only thing, like you said, talked about so they're going to be talked about long after. Yeah. It's never I, going to stop being- I looked up 1994, some news, news headings during that year that I tried to loosely associate here, but we did lose contact with the Mars probe um, in the same way he kind of like loses contact with what this, uh, ultimately you could look at the monster as a probe into the unknown, the same way we were trying to figure out what was going on with Mars for the first time back then. Um, and that mission ended similar to how his mission has ultimately ended and a man's desire to look beyond himself temporarily ruined, right? 
that was really the only uh, major event of that year that I kind of saw some analogy with Frankenstein. That and so I guess there is some between Mars. And, and of the course, the, the lasting impact is huge, right? I mean, maybe not specifically of this movie, but the Lord itself. I mean, he's the root of all zombie films and TV shows. Mary Shelley's a literary god with only one notable science work. fiction story, right? So, I mean, she created, I mean, this Frankenstein really spawned a whole genre of fiction. True, true. Yeah, and Shelley's idea of romanticism and the effect that not finding love has on an individual, I think essential to so many stories, even beyond genre story. Uh, I think it has personal connections for you. Anything personally uh, relevant? Movie in particular. Uh, I mean, I like the movie just fine. I just, not as much as any. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, I, I'm kind of with you on that one. I have seen this one multiple times, but not as many times as Interview. Yeah, too, I do find it lush. Are. But I almost feel too sorry for Frankenstein, and I don't sympathize enough with the doctor. And that strange juxtaposition for me, uh, where I'm kind of like rooting for the killer, almost makes me uncomfortable to watch it due to those implications, you know? I don't know. That the I, intent, I always thought that's what Shelley intended, but I could yeah. be off base. I guess it's, it's not as fun as Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. You could put it that way. Um, but I did give it a 3.5. What'd you give it? I gave this a 2.5 only because, like I said, I like behind it i just more complex i just don't think he was very interested yeah no that's fair that's fair um to each their own as they say i just yeah i'm probably <laughs> conflating the the novel with the meaning found with so that might not be fair but uh nevertheless kind of i did give it a three five kind of a hard i'm just trying kind of struggling you can't really it's gonna work it was you know i think you might have cut out there again i'm sorry yeah i think in some ways these were kind of hard regarding the deeper meaning yeah it's kind of hard to do that due to the novel. Yeah, no, I see that. We kind of touched on the deeper meaning of interview um, a little bit before, but I do feel like it does go uh, more unique directions in terms of deeper meaning. Um, Certainly we talked about Louis and Lestat's relationship um, and the potential for like, there's uh, homosexual undertones going on here and having a child without, without a maternal figure, the implications thereof. Yeah. It looks at really problems in the family. Yeah, no, it does. There's, there's a, Inner family turmoil there, and and specific hurdles, and certainly um, there's there's been even prior to interview the vampire connections between like outing oneself as a vampire or um, otherwise outing your team. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. I feel like vampirism is uh, more conducive to finding those metaphors. Um, I think just maybe the isolator, any marginalized. Person. True. Yeah. No, that's a good way Keep to put it. Any outsider. On. Yeah. Um. Who? Yeah. Or you're absolutely right. Yeah, no, too true. Um, commentary on the times? This is, again, too, I mean, the existential is always, we're always going to be wondering what the question is of God and So I wasn't sure if this, given context, hold on, let me rephrase that. We move in a roll. I don't think mm-hmm. it's relevant through the 90s, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does have a timeless quality. Um, I guess I'm, I'm looking more specifically at 94 when it's released. Again, looking up what, what went down that year. You did have a record-breaking blizzard that year. And maybe I'm stretching here, but just like the coldness of vampirism as an analogy. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't conscious, but if you're like in English class and writing a paper on it, you could definitely connect a record-breaking yeah. blizzard and the coldness that sweeps essentially Louis uh, going from human. Essentially reptilian, right? I want to say to that, I think didn't Bram Stoker's Dracula come out? Uh, Dracula was 90. Okay, was and I think well, that was just really the mon- Dracula was also... True, was yeah, that's a love story, if there ever was one. Yeah, I wonder why we're so interested in the psychological... Not psychological, 
examining the monster or working. I love it. I think it's fascinating, ultimately. I'm usually, especially in like these comic book movies that are so prevalent, I'm rooting for the bad guy because they're just, they're usually more dynamic <laughs> and they're more fun to like assess. That was just really. the thing. I feel like the nine, there was a small subject in hmm. group. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Um, in terms of its lasting impact, um, I think, as we noted, everybody kind of knows this movie for the most part. Um, and Sexy Vampires really took off after that, set the precedent <laughs> for Angel and Spike within Buffy. Um, Fortunately, it also, I think it, it's got it. That's what he dreaded, Twilight Saga. Oh, like, you're absolutely right. <laughs> which is kind of a rip off of Buffy, but Buffy stole from this too. Yeah, so, yeah. So, but, uh, it is hard to live up to this film, and I think that's why the only attempt they've made to jump back into this world was Queen of the Damned, unless I'm mistaken. And that was a steaming pile of shit, right? Thing with it's an entertaining enough movie, but a horrid, horrid uh, Anne Rice. It I just see. Bad changes adaptation. so many things, and I love the metaphors. Rice, you mm, know, that fair, fair. So it was like a, a hatchet job on. Another yeah, really it's, good story. I would have pulled. I really, I really would have made the. Oh, that'd be good. It didn't oh. happen. Wah, wah. Uh, yeah. Personal connections. You mentioned you had more with this one than Frankenstein. I think one of the first horror movies getting. Yeah, no, me too. Uh, this was definitely one that kind of sucked me in. It also uh, Kirsten Dunst's performance specifically. I mean, I do a little bit of performance, and I kind of give her a lot of credit for that. I was like, holy shit! Uh, if you can do it, maybe I can too. A lot to take um, in. Yes, it's a very demanding. It has to be one. Pitch perfect for sure. And she continues to wow me in most most of the stuff that she does. Um, and it was one of those movies that I watched a lot. I watched it over and over again in like eighteen. Yeah, me too. It. It was seductive. <laughs> so what'd you give it? What'd you give it in terms of deeper meaning, point wise? No, four. Oh, four. Okay, I gave it three point five. Uh, but I could see that four. I could easily have bumped it up to the. I think okay. was that. Oh, sorry. Go I ahead. I think it covers. Um, it does with a lot of. But it never feels like it's trying to tie. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you Sorry, there. I think it, so that's why I gave. Finds a pretty perfect balance. I'm not sure why I dinged it with that point five. Uh, let's hope that doesn't cost it the day. I doubt it will. I think it's. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. Um, okay, final category: fright factor. Moving over to Frankenstein for the last time. The kill counts. Um, I saw ten. Which actually I think is I the saw exact ten or eleven. Ten or eleven. Okay. All right. I guess it depends. Maybe Same if you count. Uh, like uh, De Niro's death twice. Quality of kills? What did you think? Only memorable one was Elizabeth getting the heart ripped out. That is Eyes really again. The... She burns the time. And then <laughs> burns. Both of those are yeah. so amazing. Can you think about the, any other horror where we see such a graphic uh, heart getting ripped out of the chest with such meaning behind it? Oh my God! You, I would have to research that. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. I can't though because yeah, I, I was actually. Trying to write a shorter way back where I was like, I, I was trying to remember when does somebody get their heart ripped out where it actually has significant. Yeah. Watching this again, I was like, oh shit, there it is. This for me. Further uh, plenty yes. of movies have it, or I don't all that. So. And then, of course, it wasn't at the hands of the monsters, but as we talked about before, Justine being hanged by the mob was also that very is the most. It's very chaotic. You have the mob mentality. No one can help her. And her mother underneath, like, is swinging. Oh man. Yeah. That was and then hanging else. is. To go. So, yes, that was nasty. She just happened to be in a very inconvenient spot. True. Uh, he framed her. He's so, Frankenstein yeah. is smart. Or the monster is smart like that, where he's able to frame her. Though I mean, that is he's sadistic in a in a different way, which I kind of appreciate. That was one of the um, areas in the movie you kind of like see next level thinking, like true. And that's I guess probably beginning darker. Yeah, though. absolutely. And I'm kind of glad we didn't see him kill the kid. I wasn't entirely sure, but William, the, the younger brother, 
Well, that really kind of represents the, the you know complete destruction of any hope that Victor ever had because ultimately that was the child Every, that killed yeah. his mother during childbirth. On that, his brother William was responsible. Now he's responsible for William's death. Uh, the cycle true. Yeah. Kills. I didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't actually see the father die. It's kind of creepy where it looks like he's alive looking at Frankenstein, but he's actually already dead and he shuts his eyelids. Um, But yeah, I got to admit, in terms of Fright Factor as a whole, give it bonus points for Elizabeth's deaths. But wait, what'd you give it? I missed that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You're cutting out again. Um, uh, Sorry. sorry. No worries. Yeah. I gave it a two out of moments in horror, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, it's up. Yeah. I'm with you. I gave it a 2.5, so I was right there with you. Um, with a few exceptions, oh. specifically, I like when he does the third act, just a little scarier. But other than that, I wasn't super scared. In oh. The same way I felt like the the bigger moments in interview scared me. Not to mention the kill count as we move over to interview. Um, I think the 36. kill count. I have yeah, I have that too, and that's not count people who I feel like thousands. Yeah, no, the peripherals. I mean. Yeah, you just have so many more deaths in this one. And the quality of kills, I felt like, were much more intimate. Um, Very. And, yeah, much, much scarier. Like you talked about um, being the most affecting scene, maybe, when that... I, I assume it was a prostitute that they're yeah, drinking the with? Yeah, she's described as... Yeah, so he's slowly just locked mm. in a cop. Imagine it. <laughs> Try imagining. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it, just, like, it, no one can help her or wants to. Lestat is genuinely terrifying at times. That's probably I mean, his worst. Right. Uh, by worst, I mean. And the paradox involved for me is like it almost makes dying seem sexy. You know what I mean? You could see some like fragile, tender, suicidal kid being like, oh my gosh, this is glamorous. Um, in the same way you see Christian Slater like want to sacrifice his life to become one of them. Um, I think it's scary in the way that it kind of marginalizes what death means in a weird way. You know, certainly Frankenstein deals with a lot of those same themes, but like the sexualization of death, I feel like it's compelling and super scary comparatively. And then finally, uh, you rated a interview with the vampires fright factor higher than Frankenstein, so we do have a winner in interview. I think it was three out of four. Which I think, as a whole, as I've been doing the math, we do have a winner in in interview. I put it twenty five. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think that that takes the cake between ours combined because for the most part, um, interview is always getting slightly higher than Frankenstein. Um, I did want to thank you for being part of this, and I would love for you to uh, get people to to follow you. How how do they do that? I don't do <laughs> nothing like that. Anything you wanted to promote? No, nothing at the moment. Sorry. I know. No Probably worries. No, no, of course. No, it definitely it was it was great having um your insight, uh, especially you know. it seems like you did have personal connections um with some of these movies or with specifically more interview with the vampire. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun talking about these two. I think there are two uh films that were really good to kind of uh put side by side and see really which took the day and which was the more uh, more memorable of 1994. I do want to say that. The music in interview so much. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Melancholia. Frankenstein, the score is very... You don't get a variety. True. And it's not... It's not. You wouldn't know that that was that yeah. if you heard it out of context. Or, you know? You I feel like Indiana I could... Jones, not... Yeah. No, that actually made it look kind of like more adventure yeah. instead of horror. And that's why cuts. I mean, the movie's problem as a whole is that... Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah. I see what you're saying there. More that's accurate. Horror. Yeah. Frankenstein... I don't think Brainard was the right director. Okay. Uh, if you were to recast the director or rehire a new director. Who... That's a good one. Maybe someone with a horror background, because I think Branagh's experience uh, dramas. Right. Yes, yes. So maybe a little more focused on the mise-en-scene than yeah. the horror aspect. And he does a it. great job with the photography. It looks. Yeah, totally does. But yeah, you got we got to give Frankenstein its big ups. But in terms of the most Frank- iconic of the year... Oh, yeah, it's interview. That All the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was a foregone conclusion going into it, but I think no, wait, after I, watching I, them both. I was, 
I think I expected maybe that's because I'm biased. <laughs> fair, fair. So, yes, and I have definitely seen the interview way be, more. I tried to be objective. Yeah, no, as did I. And I think uh, in the end, it was clear we had a winner. Even though Frankenstein's a great movie, I would say for that year. I mean, you brought up The Crow, but for me, I think Frankenstein would probably beat The Crow for me, um, just in terms oh, no. of a, a, as a whole. Not we'll for you? i do an Icon showdown part, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am thinking about perhaps like a, a sequels of the year because there are so many sequels. I would love um, to do that. I hope you do. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. There's a, there's November ahead. Um, I got to figure out what's going to be the best avenue to take. Um, but let's wrap this up. I wanted to thank you um, again. Uh, I thought it was a great discussion and um, looking forward to talking to you again. The bell has rung, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again, Matt. Until the next time.